Welcome. You are listening to The Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm your host, Meryl Arnett, and my passion is making meditation accessible and enjoyable. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a guided meditation. If you would like to access these meditation practices as standalone audio files for your daily practice, please subscribe to my newsletter at merylarnett.com. It's free and you'll receive a new mini meditation each week, along with behind the scenes content and bonus material for each podcast episode. All right, let's grab a cup of tea, a comfy seat, and settle in for today's practice. Hi guys, welcome to today's episode of the Mindful Minute. I have something a little bit different for y'all today. I'm really excited to share it. I was recently interviewed by Sarah Ray Hoagland for her podcast, Spiritually Inspired. The conversation was really fun. It was really uplifting. And at the end of it, Sarah offered to give me the audio as well so I could share it with you guys. And I thought you guys might think it was fun to hear a little bit about the person behind the microphone, the person who is talking to you about meditation week after week after week. So in this conversation, I am interviewed by Sarah Ray, and you get to hear a little bit about my early experiences with meditation, how I came to my definition of what meditation is and how we do it. We talk about how to deepen your practice when you're ready for more than 10 minutes a day. The conversation was a blast. It was fun. Be sure you check out Sarah Ray's other interviews on the Spiritually Inspired podcast and be on the lookout for her interview on the Mindful Minute next month. We're going to talk about manifesting. But for now, listen in. You'll get to hear Sarah Ray and me talk. I hope you enjoy it. It was really fun and I look forward to sharing it with you. Meryl is a mama international meditation teacher and trainer, and her passion is introducing mindfulness in ways that are both accessible and enjoyable to all of us. She is host of the Mindful Minute podcast. She is here to help us learn a little bit more about what it means to go beyond the 10 minutes a day in your meditation practice and to go a little bit deeper. Because as you all know, I've been talking about meditation a lot the last couple of weeks because I've been in the middle of launching my member benefits where we are sharing 10-minute weekly guided meditations. And that's been my whole thing for this whole launch, talking about 10 minutes a day is all you need to get started to cultivate a really powerful, life-changing practice of meditation. And today I have someone else here to not only back me up on this claim, <laughs> but to tell us what it takes and what it means to go beyond that 10 minutes a day. So Meryl, welcome. Thank you for being here. Sarah Ray, I'm so happy to chat with you today. And I love that you're putting 10 minutes a day out into the world. That is amazing. Yeah, I try because honestly, that's what I need. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I am my own worst offender. Like I, for the longest time was just telling people what to do. And I just, I realized that I wasn't really doing it. So mm -hmm. now I really want 2023 to be the year that all modern mystics cultivate a 10 minute daily meditation practice, because I know, and as I'm sure we'll talk about that, this ball will get rolling really quickly and really quickly, you'll go beyond the 10 minutes and you'll just reap all the benefits. So yeah, let's go ahead and actually start at the very basics, because that's just how I like to start all of my interviews with the beautiful experts that I have on the show all the time. So how do you define 
meditation, Meryl? Hmm. I define meditation as a committed practice of being present without judgment and with compassion. Those are the three components that I think make up a practice. And the committed piece is what I try to highlight the most because we can be present, non judgmental, and compassionate all the time, right? Hopefully, we build the skills to do that. But it's the committed, I'm going to stop, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to say that this is my time to meditate, and then I'm going to invoke these three qualities. Yes. I love that because we need that a lot. How did you kind of come to this definition? How did you come to this realization? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. So I sort of started this path through yoga. I became a yoga teacher. As a lot of people do. Right, of course. (laughs) And, you know, somewhere along the way of becoming a yoga teacher, I think we all sort of hear like, the whole point of yoga is to prep you for a meditation practice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about anybody else, but my experience was I didn't learn how to meditate in my yoga training. So now I'm out in the world and I'm a yoga teacher and people are like, I want to meditate. And I'm like, well, I don't meditate. Like, how am I supposed to teach you how to meditate? I didn't learn how and that's not a practice that I have. So let me figure it out. So I sort of set out to figure it out And I signed up for a meditation training. It was like a five-day situation. I sat for eight hours a day for five days. And I left that training with no idea how to meditate. It was in one ear and out the other. And all I did in those five days was think about how I couldn't do it. I was so busy in my mind. I was so uncomfortable sitting still. I couldn't meditate. And it really sort of lit a fire for me of like, I'm going to figure this out because I can't be the only one having this experience. And everybody, you know, everybody in quotes says that meditation is this amazing path. And I want to know. I tried all of the teachers. I went to a Buddhist monastery for a while here in Atlanta. I tried a mindfulness-based stress reduction course. You know, I did all of the things that were out there. And finally, maybe a year into that journey, probably, I discovered Tara Brock, who's a Mm. a very well-known meditation teacher. She's amazing. Definitely check out her books. Yes. Yes. And when she talked about meditation, it was the first time that I was like, oh, I've been meditating. I just didn't know how to relate to the experience I was having. And so I started paying attention to what are the words that make me understand what's happening and what I'm hoping to do when I sit down and say it's my time to meditate. And these threads of presence, non-judgment, and compassion were very clear for me. And they're backed up in teachings from many lineages and to me, they just feel the most relatable. Like I, I know what those words mean, at least on the surface. And so I started working with this definition and now I've been teaching, you know, 13 plus years in a myriad of settings. When I say those words, the number of people who sort of look at me like the head explosion emoji, I'm like, <laughs> I know we do. That's how I felt. Um, right. So yeah. The that's ones why. about uh, how you say it's compassion, non-judgment, consistency. And am I missing one? Presence. Presence. Okay. Yeah. Duh, duh. The most important the one. one. <laughs> right. That's like the first one, right? And then I was thinking right. what was beyond that. 
Right. Yes, that is a really great definition, a great way to come about that. I'm honestly shocked that you didn't learn about meditation in your yoga I mean, course. That's pretty, and your meditation isn't just unique to yoga. Like you mentioned briefly that it's it comes from many lineages. It's just one of those things in human history that just sort of like showed up at the same time all over the world and just kind of latched on and never let go. And here yeah. we are, you know, millennia later, still talking about it. Because um, that act of being presence, present in the present moment is vital to our health. Why do you think meditation is just so vital in the first place? Why is it so important? Well, I think I could give you a hundred answers to that question. <laughs> right. The one that at least was most resonant for me is a meditation practices where I really learned how to be comfortable with discomfort. Oh, right? I just posted an episode about this. Oh, I love that. Yeah. This is the practice that let me engage with all the parts of my life that felt stressful or scary or unknown or too big. All the parts of my life that felt very reactionary and I didn't even know why I was acting that way. And I started to build this tolerance to stay with that, to pay attention to it, to look at it. And as that tolerance grew, like, you know, I think very obviously some of the effects you see are you don't get as stressed or as anxious, your levels of fear reduce, right? You're able to work through some of the bigger issues. But I also noticed my creativity exponentially expanded. I got a lot bolder in like my creative output in the world. And I was able to really enjoy, not just enjoy, that's such a simple word. I was able to really savor all of these moments in my life that previously would have gone completely unnoticed because I could be there for them. And I could catch myself when I was with my kids and also planning the next day, or I was outside and thinking about what I had to do next. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. I love how you put that savor instead of just enjoy, because that's, that's kind of lumped in there, right? But savor kind of brings out that element of making the moment longer because so many of us feel like moments are passing us by and like hold oh but it's every day it's like oh it's may already oh it's june already it's july well when you have a consistent practice and presence you don't feel that way and you become way more observant as well one of the other benefits i think the branched benefits i think is that you become more observant you start noticing things you didn't before and that does narrow down to i didn't think i could just do this before and now i can Also, you talked about being uncomfortable, learning Mm -hmm. how to sit in that uncomfortableness. That is such a huge topic. So important. There's so many people say, well, I tried meditating, but I couldn't sit still, right? I tried meditating, but my mind is just too wonky. I just can't meditate. That is my biggest pet peeve. Don't you ever say that to me. I will get instantly very angry with you. (laughs) you. Despite me trying not to be, I will be like, of course, we all have monkey minds, right? That is the point. You're supposed to be uncomfortable. Because without being uncomfortable, you're never going to grow, right? That's exactly right. And I think there are so few meditation teachers out there saying, you are going to think you're not doing it wrong 
because you have thoughts. Yes. That's actually the whole point of the practice. Mm -hmm. And those were the words I needed, you know, and I think so many of us walk around already with so many layered beliefs around I'm wrong. I'm not good enough. I'm failing at X, Y, Z. If that's already our subconscious belief and we sit down to meditate and we think that the objective is to not think, it reinforces all of those beliefs around how we're not good at the things we say we're trying to be good at. And so giving ourselves that permission, of course, I'm going to think my brain's job is to think if it didn't, I couldn't survive. Absolutely. So glad that I am thinking what can change is my relationship to those thoughts. That's what shifts in the practice. Yes. You learn that there are is more than just the thoughts in your head. Yeah. I find that a, yeah, I find that a lot of people who are new at meditation don't realize that. Like that is the realization that is like the aha epiphany moment where they realize that they're not at the mercy of their thoughts that they can actually step away from them and mm-hmm. they don't have to participate. They don't have to go along with what's being said. Granted that's that is the skill. <laughs> it's very hard to do that or no no no, it's not hard. It's advanced. Mm. It, the, the concept is simple, but it does take practice to get there. So it's not hard. It's just advanced. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I right. feel like only recently have I felt like I am really able to like throughout my daily life be like, oh, there goes my ego. Interesting. Like, that has been a recent thing. I've been doing this for my whole life. So it does take some commitment, as you say. It does. And it's not linear. You know, that has yeah. for sure been my experience is that. I will have very clear moments where I think, oh, I see my meditation practice at work in my life. And I have very clear moments where I'm like, where is that practice? Why is it not helping me in this? Right. And then maybe that little nugget shifts and a new struggle pops up and I have to start to pay attention to how do I bring my mindfulness to this now? So it's not a linear once I get it, I just magically never struggle with my thoughts again. I never struggle with anxiety again. But I do think there's some piece of resilience that you build where you know, even when I'm struggling, I know I'm going to, I'm going to get past it. I'm going to be okay. Cause I've done this for so long now. Yes, that is so true. Meditation, people don't even realize how empowering it is because they sit down and they have all these myths about what they think it is. Mm -hmm. So they sit down, they try to meditate because they hear everyone talking about how great it is. They sit down, their mind is a monkey brain. They can't sit comfortably. They are just, they have too much going on and they go, oh, they get all defeated and they get disempowered. Mm -hmm. But it's actually the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the golden question, how long does it take to get the benefits of meditation? Like, well, how how long do I have to commit? <laughs> I'm so happy to tell you, Sarah, it's 10 minutes a day. Yeah. And I'll be even more specific. It's 10 minutes a day for eight weeks. And oh. what we've seen with incredible brain scans at this point is that 10 minutes a day for eight weeks shows physical changes in your brain. Yep. Reverses so, the aging in your brain. Yeah. You know, the parts of your brain that are reactive, they're the parts of your brain that respond with fear, with anger, with big emotion, they get a little less reactive. And the parts of your brain that are empathetic, they get a little bit more lit up. They're more responsive, more engaged. We see stress levels in the body drop. And that 
you know, you were talking earlier about like, I forget the wording you used, but it was around, you know, we don't have to engage with our thoughts essentially, right? And this idea is we're building new pathways in our brain. You know, you say something to me and if you say it the way so many other people have said it to me in the past, well, I'm going to react just like this every time because you reminded me of what my mom said to me when I was five Mm -hmm. and now I'm mad or now I'm hurt or now I'm embarrassed. And what we're doing in a meditation practice is being able to take that thought, that feeling and go, I was five. That's not true anymore. And now I've just built this new pathway. And every time I think this new thought, well, that pathway gets a little bit more lit up, a little bit stronger. And in eight weeks, that becomes the path I travel versus that old way, that old rut in the road that I don't want to be stuck in any longer. Can I tell you how excited I am to have a different voice on this podcast explain that very concept? <laughs> I swear to God, I cannot get in front of this microphone without explaining how your thoughts change the physicalness of your brain and how that affects everything. And what you're talking about is the neural pathways. And those neural pathways have to consciously be changed. Otherwise, they're just going to get deeper and deeper. Every single time you think that thought, every time you're triggered, it's just going to keep getting deeper. So that's why it's advanced versus hard, right? Yeah, (laughs) It's not not hard to change your neural pathways. It just takes time. Yeah. You have to pick a new road and you have to carve a new path on that road. But I mean, when you think about eight weeks, y'all, that's nothing. That's not even a full quarter of the business year. Like all of us are in business, right? (laughs) You can put two, two months of calendar up on your wall and cross those boxes off 10 minutes a day and you know your brain is different. That's unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's very mystical, if you will. It is. Very magical or, you know, spiritual even. (laughs) Absolutely. So then why, if we get so many amazing benefits from just 10 minutes a day, why would we even want to go beyond that? Well, great question. And I'm going to say that it's the same reason I chose to use the word savor instead of enjoy. So. I think most of us begin a meditation practice as if it were a band-aid. I'm going to do this thing to fix this problem. I am stressed. I am scared. I am overwhelmed. I'm confused. Whatever your version of a problem is, I'm going to use this as a band-aid to fix it. And I don't totally believe in it yet. So I'm not going to give it a, you know, I'll give it 10 minutes. Okay, I'll try it. And I don't know about your experience. I probably did 10 minutes on and off for five years before I got serious about a meditation. Right. right? Started, stopped, kind of helped, kind of didn't. Had some really good times, really bad times. Exactly. And then I sort of realized as it was getting more consistent that every time that bell rang, every time that 10 minute timer went off, I had just started to feel like I was getting quiet, Mm -hmm. like I was reaping a benefit of some kind. And I thought, well, I wonder if I just stay like one more minute, what would happen? And this is how I sort of expanded my practice out was truly one minute at a time. And I noticed that when I got really consistent with 20 minutes a day, my practice went from being a band-aid to being a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. 
And it went from something that was like, I have to do this to fix myself. And it became the most luxurious part of my day, the thing I completely look forward to, and the thing that woke me up to extraordinary experiences in my own life, right? I'm a mom of two. I have two little kids. I work. I teach a ton of corporate meditation. I teach private clients. I have a podcast, you know, all the things. And I'm busy and I'm stressed and, you know, we've lived through a pandemic and <laughs> all, all of the things that we're all experiencing. And to be able to be in all of that, all that's happening. And my kids say, mom, there's a bird at the bird feeder. And not be like, oh, okay, great, honey. But be like, oh my God, there's a bird at our window. That's amazing. And maybe that sounds so silly. No, it sounds like exactly what I do. (laughs) Amazing. Like heart opening. Yeah. Smile, teary eyed. Amazing. And that wasn't the way I was acting towards my life with 10 minutes a day. And I want to say this with so much love and compassion and support for 10 minutes a day. Because if I didn't start there, I would never do anything further. And some of you might do something other than meditate. You might have another practice that is your heart awakening experience. But for me, shifting from the Band-Aid to the lifestyle of meditation was the awakened heart moment. It was what enriched my life. Wow. That's a beautiful way of putting it, too. It's like we all need the Band-Aid. Yeah. At some point, it, it stops. It fixes the immediate problem, right? It, it's the quick fix solution that we need to find stability and to go deeper, you know, to put on the medicine or whatever metaphor you want to keep going with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the way you described that though. It's exactly right. It gets easier with time for sure. It gets easier with time. And I, I, you're so right about needing both. And I want to name, you know, as we're recording this, I'm in Atlanta and yesterday there was a mass shooting in Atlanta. Yeah, It was so scary. Yeah. And today I had a day full of corporate meditation classes with businesses based in Atlanta. And I had, you know, I have these classes planned out weeks in advance. I know what I'm going to teach. And I thought, I cannot go in there and teach anything other than SOS practices. My nervous system is out of control. What do I need to calm myself down? We needed Band-Aid practices today. We didn't need some 20-minute heart-awakening, expansive thing today. So it's not one or the other. It's absolutely both. That's such an important point. Having that intuitive element in your presence practice is what makes it go beyond that 10 minutes. Because we all do guided meditations, right? And I'm sure this is true with your yoga practice too, where sometimes you follow a video and you're perfectly happy with that. You follow a guided meditation and it's exactly what you need. Other times you just go freestyle (laughs) or you have a different type or whatever. There's so many different ways to meditate, so many different presence practices. And listening to that tapping in will help you get to that deeper connection sooner too. Because you'll be not only more interested in it because it's more what you need, but you're just, you're not ignoring. It takes it beyond that Band-Aid element where you're, it's not, it doesn't feel as much as a quick fix. 
That's right. It's not to me. Yeah. 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 Hmm. That's beautiful. You have the most lovely energy. I just want to like bask in it all day long. You're very warm. (laughs) Such a nice thing to say. Thank you. I'm sure you're not the first. I'm not the first person who's told you that (laughs) being around all those yogis. I also I have to say, I know this isn't the topic of our conversation today, but corporate meditation seminars, that is like, whoa, that's so exciting. I've I've come from a corporate background, as I know you do too. Yeah, we could have used that when I was in corporate 10 years ago. You know, I have to tell you, it is unreal. This has completely emerged out of the pandemic, completely. Wow. And I and I will say pre-pandemic, I did a ton of lunch and learn style, you know, come in one time, do a 45 minute little something. Thank you. And goodbye. And now since I guess probably, you know, 2020, nobody did anything like mid 2021, I started all of these corporate clients were like, we need once a month, we need once a week. And I zoom in, I'm not there in person. And we do a 20 minute in and out middle of your workday. Let's get ourselves regulated before we move on. It is the coolest thing to connect with that. all of these people. And, you know, some people are like, sometimes it's doctor's offices and there's like people walking around and phones ringing. And to know that they're stopping for 20 minutes to take a breath is amazing. I love that so much. Oh, that's a very important job right now. That is helping with the ascension of the planet for sure. I hope so. Mm. It it absolutely is. And you know that. You don't need me telling you that. (laughs) Awesome. Meryl, this has been so beautiful. I am Mm -hmm. very inspired. Like, I hope this episode is helping people to really decide to commit to those 10 minutes. Mm. Because it really does make a big difference. It gets the ball rolling. It is the catalyst to all good things. Yes. And there's also no excuses. At this point, there is so much research behind it that if you're choosing not to meditate, you're doing it consciously at this point. Absolutely. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about where we can find you and connect with you online, Meryl? Yeah, you can go to my website, merylarnett.com. It's got my podcast. It has my live Monday night class, which is virtual so anybody can join. And I will say that my Monday night class is a talk, you know, there's a talk at the beginning and then it's always a 20 minute guided meditation. So once you hit the spot where you're like, I'm doing 10 minutes pretty consistently, I want to grow the practice. It's a nice place to grow into. So you get the 20 minutes. I've got a meditation teacher training coming up in August. So that'll be something for those of you that are really in your practice and want to start doing corporates or something like that, because we need more meditation. I would definitely would be interested in that. That'd be awesome. We should talk. Yeah. Yes. Really (laughs) fun. I do it once a year and it's truly one of the highlights of my year. It's so enjoyable. So marylarnett.com, all the good stuff. Yeah. And the Mindful Minute podcast. The Mindful Minute podcast. Yeah. All you need is a minute, right? That one minute. Although I have to tell you. So when I started that, that podcast is seven years old. I've been doing it a long time. Wow. Like an OG podcaster. And when I started, they were all one to three minute meditations. And now they're full recordings of my Monday night class. So it's legit a 20 minute meditation. The name is a misnomer at this point. I'm sorry. But you get a lot of good practice in there. Is the talk included with that too? So it's like the talk and then the meditation as you're, oh, cool. 
Yes. It's like a little mini meditation class wherever you are. (laughs) Yes. We need that. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us and for inspiring us and sharing your beautiful energy with us. Sarah Ray, this was so fun to connect. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to The Mindful Minute. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving me a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps others to find the show. And let's face it, we could definitely use more meditators out there. The Mindful Minute is recorded on Muskogee land and is produced with the support of Michael Sayhaus and Brianna Nielsen. To join my live classes, ask questions, or learn more about my teacher trainings, please visit MerrillArnett.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.